Well, church, you know that this is the first Sunday in Advent, and Advent is a time of waiting and a time of preparation. And as I would remind the children every year, the reason we have four weeks in Advent is that each one of those weeks represents a hundred years. There was 400 years of waiting between the last time that God spoke at the end of the Old Testament to when Jesus came onto the scene. So we come from a long line of people who are waiting. What we are waiting for is that second coming of Christ, and we need to be just as prepared for that as we are for the event that is Christmas itself. Let us pray together and we'll study the word. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. Help us do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. So if UPS, yes, UPS, the delivery service, if UPS and I had a relationship status at this moment, I would currently define it as it's complicated. Up until two weeks ago, everything was just fine. UPS and I have been friends for many, many, many years. What happens is I will order something, and I do this about 10 times a year, and then a couple days later, it shows up. That's kind of how our relationship works. But recently, I ordered something, and it didn't show up. And then UPS said that it did show up but it didn't show up. And then I thought, well, maybe we had been attacked by porch pirates because this is something that happens this time of year, but we weren't. So I reached out to the company that I had ordered from and they actually sent me a second shipment. The only problem was that when I had ordered the original shipment, I knew that we were going to be home. By the time the second shipment was sent out, we were not going to be home for quite some time. On top of that, I had also ordered a Christmas gift that I was assured was going to ship the second week of December, and then I got notice that it would be at my house on Thanksgiving Eve, where I was not home. Then I discovered that for a fee, you can get UPS to intercept your shipments and they will hold it at the store for you. But what I didn't realize is that they would also use this as an opportunity to give me a play-by-play -play on every shipment that will henceforth come to my house until I die. So... So what happened was that the previous lost shipment was broken down into five different shipments, which is apparently how they shipped the original shipment, which then got itself back on track. And as a result, every 30 seconds for the last week, I've gotten a text about where one of these 11 packages might be in the world. I don't want that kind of detail in my life. I don't need that much information about when it's coming to feel comfortable because I'm not inclined to stand out at my mailbox and wait for them anyway. So everything had been fine with UPS up until two weeks ago, and then out of nowhere, it wasn't. It wasn't 
fine anymore. And that's pretty typical for how life works. Most of us go through the motions of our day. We get up every day and we do the same thing. We've got routines and schedules and plans, probably more so this time of year than at any other time. This is the time of year when we've got to get those social gatherings and parties and shopping and food and even more worship opportunities all on the calendar. We've got to make it all work. And then the calendar gets full very, very fast. And this year, this year it's going to feel even more compressed because we have the shortest possible distance between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So if there was ever a year that we needed to be prepared, this would be the year. So... Are you prepared? Are you prepared? Sung and I flew back in Friday night. We came around the corner into our neighborhood, and all of the neighbors already had all of the Christmas lights up. We are the only ones that are not. We, we live in darkness at the end of our cul-de-sac. We are not prepared. But the question is, the bigger question, and the more important question is, Prepared for what? Prepared for what? Extra company requires extra preparedness. Do you have enough food? Do you have clean sheets? Did you get out those pretty little bathroom soaps that you pull out once a year but don't actually expect anybody to use? Did you prepare yourself financially? Did you budget out your Christmas festivities this year? Are you prepared for the stores? Are you prepared for all of the people? Two weeks ago, Rose and Luke Hazel were preparing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. They have two little boys. They're still in elementary school. Rose started teaching for the Baltimore City School District when she and I graduated from college. So she has been very busy getting ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas parties in her classroom. They have a really big extended family, and everyone was coming together for Thanksgiving. Luke had even gone ahead and posted his Christmas gift ideas online so that family and friends could be well notified and prepared. On the Friday before Thanksgiving, Luke died. He had a heart attack. He was 40 years old. All of Rose's plans, everything that she thought that she had prepared for, was gone. It is a good thing to be prepared, but especially this time of year, it's really important to understand what it is that we're preparing for. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is, is talking to the disciples and he's giving them some teaching about what is called the end of days. Now, what we refer to as the end of days is really just the beginning of the kingdom of heaven. It will be that day when Jesus returns and he reconciles all of his people to the heart of God. It's the day that Jesus has promised us is coming, but we don't know when. And we are supposed to wait for that day and be prepared. I thought I was prepared for UPS, but even with the signs and warnings, I came up short. And that concerns me because if I can't get myself prepared for UPS... What am I going to do with the Son of God? But Matthew writes, But about that day, an hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. 
For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus is telling us there's going to be signs. There's going to be signs. You are going to get some warning about this. Probably not delivery notification texts. Probably not a flood, but signs of the coming of Christ. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there were signs and prophecies. Most every one of the Old Testament uh, prophets announced his coming. There was the star over Bethlehem that let the wise men know of his arrival. So there will be signs of his triumphant return, but unless we are prepared, and what Jesus is saying here is we are not, unless we are prepared, we are likely to miss his coming. Jesus tells us this when he talks about the days of Noah, and you probably don't think about Noah at Christmas time, but I'm guessing that you know his story. He's the ark guy. Remember him? He built the big ship. He put all kinds of animals on it. There was this great flood, and only Noah and his family and those animals survived, which makes you wonder, what was everybody else doing while Noah got himself prepared? According to Jesus, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And all Jesus is saying here is that they were just going about their daily lives, their routines, their plans. They were complacent to what was going on around them. Jesus compares the normalcy of their daily lives with the normalcy that will prevail right before the second coming. Eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Who can fault that? That's what we do. That's part of our normal lives. But the fault is not that the people are doing these things, but that they are so caught up in the routine of daily living that they no longer give any thought to their spiritual lives. The problem isn't gross sin. It's a secular indifference, a nonchalance about God, which is a dangerous trap that we can fall into during the Christmas season when all of a sudden Santa becomes more important than the Savior. Even as Noah's getting into the ark, no one seemed derailed enough to pay attention. Maybe to make fun of him, but not enough to shift their attention to God and away from the rest of their lives. And yet Noah did pay attention. He paid attention to God, and as a result of paying attention to God, he was hopefully prepared for what was to come. He didn't know. He didn't know what the end result was going to be, so he went into it, with hope. Being hopefully prepared doesn't mean that you hope that you bought enough food to last through the storm. It means that you go into the storm with the great hope and assurance that God is with you. And that's the kind of hope that we want to immerse ourselves in as followers of Christ. Advent is a great time to reconnect to that hope. Because the thing about Advent is that although it comes with traditions, and it falls right at the same time as the secular trappings of Christmas, it is a break from the norm. You feel it in your calendar, your wallet, and even in worship. It is not every Sunday that we have three little girls come up and light candles for us. Advent is a gift in that it jars us. 
It jars us. If you came in today and, and you're here all year round, and all of a sudden we start with them, you know, oh, this is different. Something's, something's different. This is not how we normally do it. It's just a little, a little prod to say, hey, this is a different time of year. But this time of year reminds us, though, that we have this purpose as believers, and a huge part of what makes us believers is that we are waiting on Christ's triumphant return. He's coming back. He is absolutely coming back. But much like those who sneak a piece of turkey before it gets out on the table, and those who beg to open up a Christmas present a day early, and those who pay no attention whatsoever to UPS until they mess it up, waiting, waiting is really hard. It's really hard, which is why if you're going to wait, you should do it with hope, and you should get prepared. Because there will be a day when two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. There will be two women grinding meal together or making Christmas cookies together. One will be taken, one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, says Jesus, for you do not know the day that your Lord is coming, but understand this, and you know this. You know this. If you have something that you love and you value, you know this. If the owner of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and he would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also have to be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an unexpected hour. In order to be ready, you got to know who you're waiting for. You are waiting for Jesus. And I want to be clear about this. Not baby Jesus. Not the one in the manger. You are waiting for Jesus the Savior, Jesus the one who calls you by your name, not by your sin, Jesus who stretched out his arms and exposed his heart so that you could live your life without guilt and fear and shame. That's who you're waiting for. That's who you're preparing for. So what if you were to get your home ready in anticipation of his coming? What kind of welcome would you want to prepare for Jesus? Santa gets cookies and milk. What does Jesus get in your home? What would your life look like if you were hopefully preparing for Jesus? Would you, would you be so worried that the Christmas ham didn't turn out well? Or, or that Uncle Jim is going to start a political fight at the dinner table and maybe you shouldn't have invited him in the first place? If you are hopefully preparing for Jesus then your Advent and your Christmas are going to look very different because your priorities are going to come very different. Maybe less time putting up the lights and more time looking for ways to be the light of Christ in an ever-darkening world. Maybe you are preparing yourself, and, and this is going to be true for some of us, maybe what you're preparing for is grief and loneliness this season because you've lost somebody that has meant something to you this year. But what if you weren't alone in that loss? What if there were others? What if there was a way for you to hopefully prepare yourself for Christmas by being a part of the longest night service of remembrance? Maybe preparing your home requires that you prepare your heart first. If, if your guests at your house desire a Dickens Christmas, I highly recommend going to the Powell Crosley. Do that. But a Jesus Christmas is simple. 
and gentle and kind. Is your home prepared for that? Is your home prepared to be simple and gentle and kind? We tend to treat Christmas as the end. It's the end of the year. We made it. We got there. When in fact, it is just the beginning of God's expression of love. It's really a new opportunity for us to do something different, to get outside of our normal, get outside of our comfort zones. What an opportunity Christmas is. In your mind right now, is Christmas something that we're going to survive? Or is it a reason to come alive? Those two things are very, very different, and that's what we want to be thinking about as we look at being hopefully prepared. We don't know exactly when Jesus will return, but we do know this. We do know that if we are not hopefully prepared, then he will come right in the middle of your average, ordinary, everyday, where presents and cookies and cards take priority over peace and love and joy. You see, nothing ever changes until it does. Are, are you hopefully prepared for that? Let's pray together. Lord God, um, especially for those of us with kids, we confess that we're really busy right now. And those of us with grandkids, we, we've got to figure this Christmas thing out. And, and there are things that have to be done. There are lights that have to be hung and cookies to be made and cards to be sent and presents to be wrapped, and, and we've just got a lot, and if you could just hold off, that's what we ask. We ask, could you just hold off? Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for making you the secondary option, when really you're supposed to be the center of all that we do. Help us to break free of our normal routines and habits, and to hopefully prepare for your coming. As your people gather at the table this day, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you are the Savior who calls us by name, not by sin, and that you welcome each one of us. And you give us what we need by the power of the Holy Spirit to go out into the world and to bring light to the darkness. Be with your people now as we come to the table. With thanksgiving we pray. Amen. <laughs>